This is Sky Sessions. I know last week we promised Matta and Coulter Baker on this episode, but unfortunately we had some scheduling conflicts and we couldn't make it happen this week. We still hope to do that for the upcoming week, so stay tuned. We're going to have them as guests very soon. Um, this week it's only just at Bacon and myself. It'll be a quick episode and we're going to go over our opinion and experiences with Skyweaver over the past week. Um, no specific focus this week, just didn't want to have an empty week while we wait for Matt and Coulter and everyone to be available. Uh, are you well, Bacon? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Tell me, how have you enjoyed the game this week? Uh, game's been pretty fun. I mean, right now most of the like really competitive meta is very focused on just like Lotus and Samya and those two playing each other. In that matchup, I'm definitely on the Samya side. I've been loving Iragos. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. But aside from that, I've also been playing a bunch of private games with people to test out wonky dual prism decks while we wait for hero powers. Nice, nice. What's your favorite wonkiness? Uh, so I've been playing a lot of, like, in private games with friends, I've been playing a lot of Warwick Light. Because Warwick actually got, like, some really cool stuff with the uh, patch. Are you familiar with Ancient Sphinx? That's the one that brings up your highest health unit? Uh-huh. 7 mana, 5-5 five, five with guard. Also, conveniently, a light unit, which means that it works very perfectly for Horik. It's got really good res targets, too, like Sentinel of Kai, Eclipse Mummy, Pharaonis, of course. And once the bug is fixed, it'll also be pulling up rags to return with all that. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a play out of Yu-Gi-Oh!, you play that, you get Rags, you get Feronis, Feronis gives you something else. Dude, what's really sick is just like, on turn 7, you can play Ancient Sphinx. And Eclipse Mummy is your highest health dead unit in the deck that I'm running until you hit Feronis. So you summon Eclipse Mummy, it is a 3-6, it has that fate, so it's just going to draw. Sphinx also has like a decently good body, but then you summon Rags too. And guess what? Eclipse Mummy is going to immediately buff that Rags up to a 3-2. It yeah. is a lot of stats for 7 mana, and you can do that on curve pretty reliably. That seems good. I'm uh, I waited. Yeah. Do you know, uh, yeah, I wonder if it's going to work with Horik's hero power, if that's going to fit in with its theme. I mean... The direction that they've like publicly said they want to go with things is they don't want to push anything with hero powers. They want them to just be present and useful for a lot of heroes. But they've also admitted that there's not really any perfectly neutral hero power. So that's why they're going to do multiples. I think for the first ones, though, it'll probably be that they try to make them really broad. Like a Ada, Samia, or Lotus power. And then whenever they start releasing like second and third hero powers... It'll be more specific, like units of a certain element, or cards of this variety, or things that have such a cost. Because, like, once you have, like, a baseline, then you can be more specific and targeted with things. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and, I, and I think that they would it would be bad form to put out the first hero power of any of the heroes and make it be so specific, because it would upset people who are waiting to play that hero um and not play that hero that way yeah although frankly basically any hero power you give it is going to push things pretty relevantly because like there's always going to be a best deck for using a certain hero power 
And if you can't win without effectively using your hero power, you are going to be pulled towards whatever that most efficient deck is going to be. The only question is the appearance of neutrality. If you're saying, Wait, like, you're weak. Uh, I was just saying, like, if you were saying, you know, if it's a certain element, obviously that pushes it in a, in a direction of best deck that you have less choice of, you know. Um, there's, if it were something more general, then uh, you might have different varieties of best deck possible or conflicting ideas on what best deck possible are. Where, whereas if you, if you make it so specific, there's not, not a question about it. Yeah, like earlier this week, I was talking with some people about hero powers, and something that we realized was that elemental decks in particular are very clashy on how hero powers work. So whenever like a little tidbit on like basic game knowledge, generally speaking, there are two ways that you can play an aggressive deck. You can either go tall or you can go wide. Tall is like, you know, you have a couple big units, they have big health and big stats, and then they're just really hard to deal with. Wide is where things are, you have a lot of units, you have a very wide board, and so you kind of beat them over the head with numbers. It's quality or quantity. What me and some people came to the conclusion of was that with the cards in the game right now, elemental decks are way more suited for going tall than they are wide, because all of the good elemental support is things like uh, Jungle Guide, Glorious Mane, Nurtured Bond, which are all on strength, and strength as a prism is just designed better for going tall. So, if you have abilities that are going to be buffing units, they can either buff units in a tall direction, it can put a bunch of stats on one thing, or it can buff in a wide direction. And what we all realized was that if you have literally any ability that asks you to go wide, that's going to clash with an elemental deck, because elemental decks don't really want to go wide, they'd rather go tall. But if you have things that go tall and work well with going tall, it's going to pull you towards playing an elemental deck because then the strengths are going to overlap. That makes sense, yeah. Like, let's be real, a lot of the stuff that they're rolling out is for newer players, so a bunch of people aren't really going to notice or even care about that. But it is something to consider as we design abilities and roll them out. You would say, like, Ada's deck is uh, hero power obviously supports going tall, considering it's, like, one unit at a time, and it is a buffing yeah. mechanism. Um. So Ada would be particularly suited for what you're saying is a um, elemental deck. Yeah. Which is kind of what we made last episode was an earth slightly metal Ada. We made. Well, I okay, I shouldn't give you any credit for it because I made it and then you try to <laughs> take it from me. I, I was trying to be nice. Finders keepers, man. Yeah, anyway, I played that deck some more and I did not... <laughs> find it doing too well after the first week yeah i played it a lot i had a lot of fun with it i eventually even like put flame blade in it to double trigger on sage because sage is a nutty card but uh you get shellacked too hard by samya and lotus does not care but it's a really cool deck it's really fun yeah perhaps after these balance changes we see it in uh three days it'll be something to re re consider yeah oh shoot yeah, I don't think I ever actually told you, but there are like a million ways to trigger all of those buff effects in really interesting ways. Did you ever consider Stand as one with Treefolk Sage? Yeah, that was a thought. Dude, it is it is silly good. Also Buster. 
Little Rabbit Man. Little Rabbit Man Buster. Uh, yeah, I like him. Yeah, he dies to yeah. any proc of Samya. He dies to Ari. Yeah, he dies to Ari disappointing. too. Yeah. Anyways, uh, listeners, the deck string for the Ada will be in the description. Hold on to it. It might be getting really good in like a week or two. Or it could not. It could be completely floored by something else. Yeah, it does seem like the meta is definitely uh, Lotus and Sammy. I still haven't played a single game of Lotus. It just does not seem fun to me, and I don't want to go against the mirror. I played a lot of Ari yeah. last week, and I was doing really good with Ari. I was I was beating every deck with Ari uh, for a couple days, and then I think people got wise to it and started teching some anti-Ari options. And I started losing more often. And then I switched to Samya, and I just kept going against Lotus, and I kept absolutely destroying Lotus. Um, and it was really fun. It was great. I was in Grand Weaver, and I just kept going against Lotus after Lotus with Samya. Really aggressive variety. And uh, I didn't lose a single game against Lotus, and uh, I made them all cry. Nice. That's what they deserve. Yep, that's what I feel like. So while we're on the topic... I'm sure anybody who's played Ladder lately has ran into these Lotus decks are going about. There is a card that was released with the latest set of Skypass cards called Infinite Infinities. It's a 7 mana mind spell. You draw a card, you gain 1 max mana for every 5 max mana that you have. So if, like, I don't know, you discount it some and you play it with 5 mana, you'll gain 1. If you have 10 max mana, you'll gain 2, 3, 15, you'll gain 3, so on and so forth. This card has kind of created a Lotus deck that its win con is getting all the way to 99 mana, and then either just eventually killing you, or playing Invest to heal all the way up, get 99 power, and punch the enemy hero. Blank Handle. A bunch of people have said that this deck is like way too good, that it's horrible to play against, it's horrible to play as, I think you would agree. What do you think should be done to this deck? That's a really good question. I try to be a little creative about solutions, you know, not automatically look at the card that's bad and kill it. Um, but that might be the best option here, and I don't even know if that is just infinite infinities or it's a couple of different options. Um, I do not like this deck. I think it is uninteractive. I think that it is just removal and ramp and then one hit kill. Um, I think think it's not fun for anyone except for the people who will get a lot of enjoyment out of winning but that's thin lived so i don't i don't think it's a good deck the options to nerf it are really you could try and take out some of the removal that would be an option but uh, that would be too big an impact on wisdom as a whole i think so you look at um, possibly all the... They got way too much ramp. I think the game is... It's very weird they got so much ramp because they, the game has put so much effort into taking away card discounts and cheating options over the last five months. It's been kind of the focus to get rid of discounts and cheating, and then you just give a prism so much more mana so they don't even need the discounts. It seemed very contrary to the direction Skyweaver was going, in my opinion. And they added a four-cost ramp, a two-cost ramp. There's so much ramp to get up there. So if we reduce the amount of ramp, taking them longer to get to turn seven to the first infinite infinities um, and make it cost seven, actually, 
it's not as much of a problem because by the time they get to 10 mana or turn 10, they've only played infinities at least like twice, which if you are a uh, deck that has some finisher, you should be able to have some option there. So ramp is another thing you could target. Of course, we could just target invest because I that's a huge problem where it's just one big hit. You literally don't have to touch them the entire game. You don't even have to interact with the hero at all. You can just sit back and have ninety and have a one hit kill guaranteed with invest. So that's another thing we can target with invest. Um, one way I was thinking about targeting it would be to change its text to make it like a five cost where you get where the hero specifically gets plus one plus one for every five max mana you have meaning at the top it's like a makes a 28 28 which if you're wasting your whole game getting to infinite infinities then it's not an instant kill it can be out healed yeah it can be out healed it can be it also doesn't if used at a different time doesn't give you so much health you're just ridiculously out of Range, I mean, that's not a perfect fix, but I was just, you know, trying to be creative on how to attack this problem. Of course, the easiest and probably best way to do it is to work on infinite infinities. Um, I haven't really thought of how I would nerf that. I haven't come up with a way that would work and keep the soul of the card together. So I had an exciting idea that Zayu pitched to me that I think is actually pretty good for it. Let's hear it. So seven mana, draw a card, you gain one max mana. At the start of every turn for the rest of the game, you gain one additional mana. Still really good ramping. Like, it's basically a seven cost Gigabloom that draws, and then, you know, you just keep gaining one more mana every turn. So instead of gaining one, you gain two. Which is, over time, a lot of mana to gain. But it, uh, you're certainly not going to get to 99 like that. I don't know, that seems even more broken because it doesn't have the repeated cost. I know that once you get up to, say, 16 or 20 or 32 mana, the cost is very irrelevant. But um, I think that that just sounds really, really strong. It probably is. I mean, Zayu did pitch it. He loves Wisdom Vex. I mean, this is... I think... I'm pretty sure that, like, even he hates this Infinity deck, though. This is another thing I guess I should have mentioned as a huge problem. This this deck would be less of an issue if it were for Lotus's hero power because I've many times gone against Lotus and it's been a race. You know, it's a race. It's You're trying to kill them before they get there. And then they get to Infinite Infinities and once they play it, Sometimes they're gaining, um, you know, you, you've got them down to one health. And they can be at 22 health the next turn after an infinite infinities and a couple other cards. Because every five mana they're surging getting... Surging power. Yeah, surging power is way too much health for so cheap. Yeah. But uh, infinite infinities, they're playing it every turn. And they're gaining health every turn. Three for every five max mana, which can be quite a lot. And drawing cards. So this hero power is giving them survivability with this tactic of delaying. Which is just annoying if you're trying to finally beat them down and get them out. So are there any other Lotus cards that you think should be nerfed other than Infinities? The, those those are my the ways I look at it with different options of how you would go about changing this deck. Um, the deck is still problematic with just ramp removal. Uh, it's just not a fun way to play, even without Infinities Invest. 
the the their titan is very powerful if you get way up there in man and stuff i don't know how broken it is but the survivability without infinities and the ramp it's just um they can find different avenues to win with infinite mana and with infinite health and um i just think the core like purpose of how lotus exists is not fun and engaging gameplay yeah. So while we're on the topic of ramp, something I've been discussing with people a lot lately is the difference between single-sided and double-sided ramping options. So single-sided is of course just things like Take Root, Gift of Aya, and double-sided are things like Turdor and Water Wisp. I've been thinking that maybe it would be a better direction for the game if more ramping tools were actually dual-sided, because that also like gives the other player like more movement. It's not as much of a strict advantage. But whenever the ramping effect isn't actually that strong, it means that you have more space to make an interesting unit on top of it, instead of having, like, just a clunky spell with a powerful effect that takes a little while to pay off. What do you think of that direction? Do you think that would be good? I think um, they had Gift of Aya at 5 mana, and then they printed this 3-3 Earth unit that gives you a mana and health for four mana, which is just absurd that that was even printed, in my opinion. As far as double-sided, you know, if I'm playing Samya against Lotus and they drop, uh, you know, Stoke, yeah, I'm stoked. You know, like, I have another mana to beat you faster with. That is great. You should probably have, you know, waited. I know you need to get to your removal. You need to get to your places, too. But I'm going to do more damage with one more mana than you're going to get benefit from one more mana more, most often than not early of course later it's different the reason that this could work for lotus is because they're drawing cards every five mana but and if you give the other person enough mana they're just going to run out of cards but however like unless you have good use for that mana and a good use the next turn usually double-sided uh ramp is not as or very beneficial for the person who's playing especially when you run into these mirrors where both players want to ramp and you kind of get to choose if you're the player who plays as a double-sided mana or the other player does. And you hold yours so that you have first crack at the higher mana level. Yeah, it is worse. It is definitely a weaker effect. But I think that that could actually work to, like, design advantage. Because, you know, now you get that mind game. Is it better for me to play this ramp that also ramps them now? Or should I hold it and try and let them... I mean, that's that's just a prisoner's dilemma. Like, that's that's interesting gameplay, in my opinion. But also, you know, you have to, like, make that calculus. Okay, I'm going to ramp, but uh, it's going to ramp them too. How am I actually going to fend them off since I'm not getting a strict tempo advantage over these next few turns? And, you know, you can actually, like, put it onto units and it not be wild. Okay, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and that's kind of what I'm saying too, is it is, you know, worse and it's more fair and it's strategic and stuff. Um, But... Like, why does that even need to exist? Like, why can't we just play a fair game and have, why do we have to have an extra mana all of a sudden if you you have to build your deck in such a way that you don't play three-cost cards or whatever? I just think that um, if you're going to make both, both players have more mana every other turn with Tudor and Stoke and Water Wisp, you know, why not just make players play with the amount of mana they start with? Yeah. Yeah, ramping definitely should be, like, limited. It should be small effects. I was 
kind of skeptical of adding this much ramp to the game at once. But uh, that's already happened. Yeah. On the flip side of things, I've got another question for you. Samya is really freaking strong right now. She's arguably the best hero for running over and just crushing Lotus. But if you actually look at her starter deck and the new cards that she got, most of the things I've seen about it was people actually being kind of disappointed that a lot of her cards were relatively weak, especially compared to other prisms. Do you agree with that sentiment about Samia's starter deck, that her cards were generally weaker, and if so, what cards do you think should be buffed? Well, that's interesting, um, because it's, it's kind of hard to separate in my brain. I mean, I'm sure for newer players, it's really, really easy to separate in their brain which cards are actually Hexbound Invasion cards and which bound cards are starter deck cards. Because when we talk about infinite infinities, we feel like we got it the same time as a starter deck. Obviously, it's not part of the starter deck, but with the hero power release and the starter deck release, that's when we got infinite infinities. And so it feels like it's part of that expansion and it's broken. We have the same issue with Somnia with Solana, which is one of the best cards in agility. And that is actually Hexbound Invasion card not a starter deck card so when you look at that card you're like well they got something really really strong um but it wasn't even a starter deck card the um cards that they did get that were strong i didn't have the game open when i started this but um that three two with banner that does two damage to an enemy that's pretty good Volpine rogue but once again that usually always dies back to another somnia so really, I think what Samya, what cards are good for Samya right now are basically cards that let them survive against another Samya, because that matchup is tough. So Sajin Elder, Sajin Elder is actually really really good. But yeah, I think a lot of the starter deck cards, you know, they they were in the decks for a while, and then people just found that other aggro options were more useful. Yeah. Are there any of these uh, Samuel starter cards that you would buff? I don't think the starter cards need to be buffed so much. I mean, Ada's starter deck is good because of the hero power. Samuel starter deck is good because of the hero power. Ada's starter cards are not incredibly powerful. Boron starter cards are not incredibly powerful. That's another one where we look at um, Disciple of Kwai and we say, wow, this is way OP. But once again, that is a Hex Motivation card. Starter decks are not incredibly powerful with what cards they have. They're just good synergies with their hero power. Um, so I don't know if Sami needs to be buffed at all. I mean, Stern Lesson is super strong in the starter decks. Air Slash is strong in the starter deck. That gives them huge tempo things. But all the decks have cards like um, like Tussie Steed or like whatever that Wimpy Sentinel is or Scared Sentinel that are strictly worse than other cards, because that is kind of part of the starter deck, is that they're not perfect. Alright, cool. I did, I played that starter deck tournament um, two weeks ago, and I got into the uh, quarterfinals, um, and I played Ada and Samia, and Samia was super strong. I, um, I felt like Elvis starter deck tournament, it did well enough to get me that far, so I don't think it needs to be nerfed. I mean, buffed. I mean, but that's only as a starter. You know, you're not taking... You shouldn't be taking the starter to um, master rank in ranked anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of 
presuming that Lotus gets nerfed, there's pretty good odds right now that Samya is going to be the uh, next dominant hero, and a bunch of people I've seen have complained about her hero power too, because you know, it can kind of just delete things for the first three turns of a game. Do you think anything should be done about Samya's hero power? Uh, it's definitely problematic, you know, Samya's hero power oddly is not so impactful against Lotus, and that is one of her best matchups, or one of the reasons she exists. Um, the re good thing about Samya's hero power is twofold. One, it can activate cards like Solana, uh, or Solera, and get extra value early, um, or plus one, plus one, or plus one attack on, um, those, or another, uh, proc for... Blood letter, so many different procs you could hit by hitting your hero into something. And then obviously the other benefit is being able to remove something on board early to get tempo advantage. And that's the main thing. And when you play Samya, what you should be doing is using your hero power to try and um, hold the board as early as soon as possible. And um, use those up to, to get tempo and board advantage and then roll over with damage from units i see some players you know where they could have just killed with the hero power or with the hero attack use the power and then hit the face for two i usually try and use the hero power exclusively to clear units um that i would otherwise not be able to clear uh and and it is a huge problem because you have just so much tempo authority or board authority by being able to use that, and if Lotus gets nerfed and Samia doesn't, um, it's going to be a problem. But I don't like the nerfs that have been proposed for it. I think we need something a little different. So what nerfs are you talking about? Make it cost one more each time you use it. Like So it's a zero cost, then a one cost, then a two cost, then a three cost is one I've heard a few times. Yeah, I, I don't like that one either. Um, if anything, it's just too complicated for new players. Another one is just to make it one cost, and it's pretty pretty weak as a one cost, actually. It is? A one cost... It, the people say one cost three procs, one cost infinite procs. But, I mean, I think that at one cost... It, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe it is good. Um, maybe it's really good. You got banner, you got the other things to get. It's just not good as early, which is where you really take the game with Sami right now is you get it early. You play a unit for two mana. You get banner, you kill a two mana unit. You have made a four mana benefit, um, you know. And then you clear another two mana unit with your hero attack. So you're, you know way up on turn two based on the hero power being free if it was one mana you wouldn't be able to do that and it would have to change kind of sami's whole strategy yeah but you've already said that samia's current strategy is problematic you're right maybe that is maybe that is a solution we could look into um i just yeah as someone who's playing samia lately i was just thinking like oh that's that's that it changes the hero power a lot like kind of fundamentally changes how it works to make it one cost so that might work better but it's just not quite the same hero power well i mean yeah it'd be much weaker i am in the camp of just making it one cost and i think the argument for that is imagine instead if it read at the start of the game add three copies of fan strike to your hand 
but also you like it, it's slightly worse but like the two health on fan strike is not really a big deal altogether that six health is worth maybe one mana but what we really care about is like that attack if you just like had a hero power that was at the start of the game you had three copies of fan strike to your hand everybody would go holy hell that's that's just like a plus three that's three units that i play and if like they produce the banner like they're just dead because currently like if i play a two mana unit and then you answer by playing a two mana banner unit and then you use the hero power once and then punch my unit say it was like a two four to clear it that's just two tempo or that's two mana advantage on top of just like playing a unit and also that's a plus one like those that's big numbers that's really good play but if you make it one mana now you actually spent some cost and you still got like a whole card of advantage you just don't get the same tempo advantage which means that you're going to have to play cheaper cards um yeah maybe okay let's let's like that that's what is interesting about sammy right now is that her ability to do that <clears throat> if we did something where the hero power benefited her earlier and then maybe gave her a negative benefit later in the game so if she didn't finish by turn seven hurt her somehow or possibly maybe make it alternate or something i don't know maybe i'm just thinking of things that are more complicated one nerf i thought that was really interesting um was someone mentioned this wasn't a nerf to some starter power so much as a nerf to anoint and flame so someone was oh, saying, yeah, yeah, I also said that we might want to nerf Anoint and Flame. Someone said Anoint and Flame would replace your hero banner power with banner, which is cool because if you use it after you use your hero power three times, it's no cost. But if you use it early, you might lose a power. It basically makes you use it later in the game and not have permanent banner super early with your hero power. Um, I thought it was an interesting mechanic to use to make that more fair but also still as powerful for the card itself yeah i really like that what mana do you think that's at two three oh you can keep it at two because if you play it at two you're just losing your hero power if you play it later you know it doesn't really matter yeah i think the card would actually be better at three mana though just because like hot dog interactions that's kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, this card would actually like have a higher win rate if it costs more mana. <laughs> it's not something that you often run into. That's something I, I, I like to talk about in the podcast, is cards that would be better at higher win yeah. rates. Dude, early on in like the Clues beta and stuff, I was constantly making recommendations like that. Like, you guys need to change this card to this cost so that way like we can have this out-of-deck combo work. Yeah, shockingly, a lot of those didn't really get through <laughs> i'm sure you're probably the the person who has the most uh input that has to be filtered through what no certainly certainly nah uh, i was wrong about ari last week i talked about how we possibly could nerf his hero power i think um or, or we could buff his hero power i don't know i think ari is actually very good very good deck if we brought yeah. Lotus down in power and Sammy down in power. Lo uh, Ari will be plenty. I mean, it's already plenty strong enough to play, but it'll be super strong. I was playing actually. I was playing Ari the other day, and I was saying how it was good. And uh, this guy in my chat was like, "It's rock paper scissors. Ari is not even in it." 
And I'm like, I'm in Grand Weaver playing R8. It's going great. It's like, we'll go to Conquest where the real players are. And I was like, fine, I'll go to Conquest. I went to Conquest. Uh, I played, I won, beat two Lotuses, and then, actually, I beat Banjo, which was Zayu. And then I played against a Lotus, and then <laughs> I went against, guess what, the third game? It was with a different Ari. So not only was I taking Ari to game three, the other person was taking Ari to game three. And I won a gold, and the guy just called the deck. Didn't change his tune. Yeah. I always love when people say go to Conquest, because, like, only real players play Conquest. No, only people who have, like, 30 hours to kill in the queue go to Conquest. I'm sorry. And that's the thing is, I'm streaming, you know? It, it is kind of annoying to have dead air when you're streaming. And also, I'm streaming. Sometimes people see me streaming and waiting in Conquest for half an hour, and then they jump in Conquest because they know they're going to go against me and they know they can see my hand. Yeah, that's, that's enjoyable. Honestly, I've played against Ari a decent number of times on Sanya. I don't... I'm rapidly getting irritated by Ari decks, because it seems to me like the play pattern is remove, remove, remove for the first, like, four turns. And of course I'm Samya, so I don't have the draw power of floaters to keep up with that. Granted, though, I would rather not be playing Samya, so like... Once dual prism powers come out, maybe that'll just be fine, and I don't have to deal with that. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to dual prism. I've had a really fun couple weeks, or I don't know how long it's been, with mono prism being uh, apex of the game. I've actually enjoyed that this happened. This is a uh, time I'm going to look back fondly on, but I'm excited to see the dual prisms and add a few of those to the game. I think Marcelo um, hinted that they will be. He said some of them will be available on Thursday. That is interesting to me that they're not going to come out with all 15 at once. They're going to make some dual prism heroes super powerful and then neglect others for a while is what it sounded like. And that seems like an interesting choice. Yeah, first off, I don't I don't think they're actually going to be Thursday. I think it's going to be like at the uh, start of August. And as for like multiples, I would wager that it's probably a uh, testing constraint. Because, like, they just dropped all these five, and, like, you know, people are not the happiest with Samia's ability. So they probably want to, like, take time and focus on a few and make sure that those few are good, rather than trying to do 15 all at once later. Because if you can do, like, two now and know that those two are good, you don't want to wait for getting the rest of the uh, other eight hero powers ready before you drop out those two. You can just go ahead and put them out there. And then, you know, if they're actually too bad or too good, you can just tweak them while you're working on the next hero powers. I mean, that's the choice. That's, that's the direction you can go. It, it just, and I understand the constraints of testing. I understand the constraints of even designing. Um, uh, it's just interesting that we're going to say, oh, look, we came out with one for City, and we came out with one for Horik, and we came out for one with Fox. So now we have the five starters and City, Fox, and Hork, and then uh, nothing else, you know? So they're just getting to pick what deck people play. Um, and I don't know anything about Thursday. All I know is that in the uh, AMA on Friday, it seemed like Marcelo hinted that Thursday. Obviously, I am just basing that on, uh, like, something he just said in passing. I do not know. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, I'm really excited to uh, get back to playing Fox, because I had... I've got something really spicy I brewed up literally last night that I don't think anybody has considered yet. 
I know I, I've been brewing up something spicy every day. I got a new tea. It's called Zest for Life. It's got chili powder in it. It's a green tea. I drink like five cups that every sounds day. Horrible. Oh my god, it's so that good. It's got ginger bad. and chili and green tea, and I love it. Okay, I have something far better than that. Two card combo. Draco Impact, Abyss Lion. I mean, we already Think know Abyss Lion is very good with Dash because Iris played it uh -huh. forever um, with Dash. Yep. And I mean, the rest of the deck, like, you can put beneath that, you can have Mountain Lion. On top, you can have Ira Ghost, although that kind of messes with the Draco Impact unless, like, you have a lot of banner. But, you know, if you run Draco Impact Lion, Lion, and Ira Ghost, you've got four or seven cost or higher units, which also means that you can run Tune-Up. Now I'm just hoping that the hero power works for this very niche and probably not good deck. Right, right. <laughs> Have you played a lot with Ira Ghost? Uh, no, I haven't. Actually, Samia, I was only playing yesterday on stream for the first time. I got a two-cost Aragos, though. Dude, I've been playing a lot with it. Ira Ghost is probably one of my top five cards now it like actually feels like one of the most interesting cards that we've got printed for agi it's also gave me a newfound appreciation for vile deal i think vile deal is a great card honestly i really underrated it whenever it first came around because i looked at its cost all at once so i was looking at like three cost draw two, double banner take eight damage and i'm like okay i could just play treasure chest but I didn't appreciate how you could, like, use it to use up unspent mana and you get the efficiency there. And I also thought that, like, a lot of its value was just that it was good for making Soul Pyre Titan happen. But, like, now you can just, like, hit Ira or you can hit Vile Deal early, get those banners in hand, play, like, a Baneful Strike, Blessed Strike, Banner, Banner with those Vile Deals, drop Ira Ghost, and then convert all of that into Draw and Lifesteal for basically zero mana on all of those it's really fun yeah yeah it's good i mean i i was a proponent of um cookbook into only one cost vial deal and to kill the cookbook and get three um vial vials that's how much i like vial deal yeah no that's interesting because like that's two mana to put three vile deals in your hand but like each individual vile is good because it's like a one mana banner draw and yeah you take three points of recoil damage but you're playing agility but like whenever you start really compounding that damage it gets scary yeah every once in a while you might throw it on a songbird or a barrier unit if you have pandora out there or imposter or imposter he do be sus Oh, dude, I won a game. See, uh, I was going to win the game anyway, but I could feel my opponent's frustration yesterday. I was playing against an Ari, and I had a huge turn with Sijin Master and a couple other cards. Did a bunch of damage, created a huge board. I had five units. Uh, no, it wasn't Sijin Master. It was uh, Sol Solera. I had five units, strong units. I had um, like a seven attack. Sijin, uh, no, uh, wait, which card is it? Sijin Striker. Um, and then after the turn's end, I'm like, oh, I still have two mana. 
So I threw out Glean Guide. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the end, so it, everything was on the left. Everything had three health. I just built this huge board, and then a Glean Guide's on the end. And my because opponent trap. played... Uh, it's a trap on my face because he couldn't kill everything and then conceded. Damn. A That's rough. Glean Guide prevented the... It's a trap. He was... He, I was yeah. not smart enough to do that Funky on purpose. Owl man. <laughs> Dude, Crystal used to have Shroud, and that used to be like one of the best applications for it. In the Samya Samya matchup, Shroud is super, super important because they can't use their hero power on the Shroud. So you get like Skyfire Master out there, Glean Guide out there, and if they can't have two or three banner and attack it, and um, you know, they can't. They can't just gain their tempo by simply using their hero power on it. They have to kill it using other resources. Yeah. Makes cards like Lightning Vial and Shredder really handy. Mm -hmm. Also, you could count um, bees in that category. Ah, bees. <laughs> All right, so um, that was just basically... I, I just wanted to talk about how we're doing in, in, in the game and talk about what's possible in there. So we'll see. I didn't want to go into too much detail because we're going to see them in a couple days. We'll talk about them when they do happen here on the podcast. Anything you want to get out? I think a 45-minute episode is good for this, uh, for this short little two-person squabble. Iragos the Branded is a really hot card, and I hope we get more cards like it. All right, cool. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, try. I, I think we'll have Coulter Baker and Matt here next episode. Fill out the uh, mailbag. It will be again in the link to this uh, in the description to this podcast. We have a couple decks in the description of this podcast. Check them out. Um, hit us up on Discord if you need anything. Have a wonderful day, night, and life.